Hello again, listeners. As you can see in the title here, this is part two of the Court of Owls discussion with Kevin Gallagher. So I don't want to waste any more time, just ready to hop back in. So I do hope you enjoy. see this that issue the greatest issue of comics in 2012 it ends and i think it ends where usually i save this till the end but because we're approaching it it ends with the owl behind batman and stabbing him and that is my favorite panel of this whole story okay because i mean it's another we saw it I think in issue four, when the Talon crept up behind him, his glowing eyes, and basically smashed him through a wall, and basically that's how he got him to the labyrinth. Well, here, we're also seeing it where Batman's having somehow his picture. He's seeing pictures of him in the labyrinth. It's on the wall with all these others who have been in the labyrinth over the years. And he's starting to kind of freak out of like, what the hell? How would they already have a picture of me up on this wall? And then here comes the Talon creeping behind creeping behind and then he just stabs him from behind and that image is so like disturbing and creepy and he's like partially looks like he's partially an owl yeah does and his eyes just huge and surprised and red and it's just like that's a haunting image so it's weird that i say that that's my favorite panel but it's just Sometimes favorite to me can resemble like what had the biggest impact. And to me that, that when I think of the court of owls, that's an image that sticks like in my head almost instantly. It's like, Ooh. And, and that, that panel, you know, leads to, to, I think like issue six and seven, you know, five, six and mm-hmm. seven, I think are, are the next like kind of block of issues. Yeah. Um, and it is really just a series of, of, you know, moments and panels where where batman's losing um mm-hmm. and he he really i mean he he starts to get the upper hand as as you get to issues you know i guess the last part of the 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 arc here in eight through eleven um but even in the beginning of the that arc he's still kind of like getting his, his butt handed to him he um is. he has moments but, of moments of uh overcoming but then he kind of gets knocked down again Right, right, and but but five, six, and seven, uh, you know, the end of seven, he kind of gets back up a little bit before the night owl, uh, the night of the owls, uh, mm-hmm. story kind of starts, which is grouped in with the court of the owls here, but um, yeah, that's what, and that's what I really like about a story that's this long it's an 11 issues to nearly a year. That kind of storytelling is usually saved for mega crossovers. Yeah, and I I should have added that too of that panel and the way that issue five ended was also like, oh, this story is a long way from being over. Right. Right. It's it's and, and one could say that in a sense, the story did end in, in issue seven. Um that, that Court of Owl uh arc, but it instantly kicks into the 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 Night of Owl, uh the Night of Owls uh, which was, I think, more than just Batman. I think it was like the whole Bat family mm-hmm. uh, uh, had crossovers with with this storyline, um, and it, so it just kind of piggybacked off the Court of Owls um, because there is like a, a kind of a conclusion in in issue seven in the sense that like, oh, we we got the bat, we got Talon, we got that guy. Um, of course, you also, and actually, this might be. Not necessarily my favorite panel, but I'll, from this from this arc, but I'll put it up there as um, like a top. Uh, I think it just went to a different issue here. Here we go. 
uh, it's a top like five panel in in this storyline here, and that is near the end of issue seven when they unleash the talons on the city. It's the in fact, it is the the last page. Last page. Now go, go and take Gotham City, and they're all just jumping off. It's almost like the the Wicked Witch, and all the monkeys are flying out in Wizard of Oz. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. But that's like that. That is a fun. That's a fun little panel there, and actually, like really, like the way it's laid out, it really reminds me of like a title card or like opening sequence of the Batman animated series. Just the way the fonts used and the the layout. I don't know. That's what it. It just reminds me of of that for whatever reason. Nice. Uh, but uh, yeah, the, the the those middle three issues, five through seven, is really just a story of Batman getting his butt handed to him, having a brief little win at the end there before all hell breaks loose in Gotham. Um, in in eight through eleven, where there's a lot of like truth bombs uh dropped on us it's a lot of that's uh, a self-realization i think also for a hero to rise a hero's got to fall so it's a necessary it's a necessary arc in that of he is he is down he is low and he gets himself out of it and starting to you know starting to rise and get over the hump uh mentally which is possibly more important than physically right. uh mentally to to get over that hump which jumps into so i i'm with you in that when i think of the story i do think of issue number five and then i think of issue a of the attack on wayne manor right right because and i think what's a credit to snyder and capullo for sure is we don't see batman per se in this in this issue until, in a sense, the very last panel, but it's Bruce Wayne in a robe fighting the the owls as they attack Wayne Manor, and I think it's a really cool, like it's just cool sequence after cool sequence. It's laid out. It's it's creepy and how the you know the the power goes out and then you know it's just it's not exactly like haunted house, but I mean it's just it's creepy and they just they're relentless. The, all these talons are and getting down into the bat cave and Alfred is almost like that. He's just doubting and doubting, but this is where we've seen, we see that Batman, he's always got a plan in which his plan in this case is, well, the talons, as we learn in the story uh, below a certain temperature, like the freezing of them, that that's how you can help use that as an asset and a weapon to defeat him. So he brings down the temp in the Batcave and pulls out his, his mega Batman suit. Right. And right. that's the tease at the end of the issue of get the hell out of my house. <laughs> and Classic and, Batman. And what I like about this issue is, you know, the Dane Bruce is still like, this is, maybe a day after after the the previous issue like he's still physically not hurt and that's yeah. why like he only has that brief moment of victory where he did like, he found their weakness in in uh the previous issue i believe in, in, at the end of the previous issue he found the weakness of uh the talons um and this actually you know we're talking a lot about panels now this actually is another one of my favorite panels um and and i guess it's really page my favorite page one of my favorite pages in this book is is when um alfred is getting to the cave uh it's on page seven of of issue uh what's this issue eight we said um where alfred's running he moves the clock to open the door and he's running in and all of a sudden, as he's running in, you see eyes glowing in the background, and yes. you see the talent. You see one of the talents getting closer and closer. And as the door closes, you see his eye. And as the door closes officially, you see the sword in there to stop the door from from closing fully. And it's like in that moment, it's like like just if you zoom in on the panel of of, uh, and I say zoom if if that's only if you're on DC Universe. Uh, if you just hold it up to your eye, I guess you look at that last panel. Um, 
where the sword is sticking through that like elevator door or whatever. Uh, it's, it's a heartbreaking moment in that instant. If you don't look any further, because all you can think of is, Oh my God, Alfred's in trouble. Like now yeah. it's not just Bruce. Alfred's Alfred's not safe now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. And that's another great way that they're playing with the talons glowing eyes. Uh, we've seen it. I mean, we've definitely at least like once, and that's when they get in issue four when he bashes Batman and takes him to the labyrinth, or whatever. But I mean, those we see that creeping up behind, and it's just like, oh my gosh, it's just so cool! Like it's creepy. That's good. That's good horror. I'm a fan of horror. I like getting right, creeped right. out, and I think that's just it's a it's creepy. It's good. And this this arc i think is an exceptional arc and, and you know there's probably a lot of batman stories that that do a good job with horror it's just a good character for it i think mm-hmm. but this this arc in particular especially I, I mean i would say probably from issue five on does a really good job at that horror aspect of this story because it, it is the, it is an enemy that has operated within the shadows of gotham for hundreds of years so it, it just has that innate horror to it Mm-hmm. Faux show. So then the the next issue basically it's robot Batman just beats the hell out of the talons who sometimes somehow are multiplying and continue to bring it toward him. But he gets to use he gets to use the T-Rex, which how awesome is that? To smash and move and uh there's something about so I don't know exactly what page, but the T-Rex stomps on a few. And then the next page as one of the talons says, I've got him say goodbye, Wayne. And he smashes a sword through like the eye part. Greg, nobody draws eyes like Greg Capola. Right. And that image right there of like, you see how close the blade it penetrates and how close it gets to his eye. And it's just, man, that guy, he can draw some eyeballs. And, and that's something that you noticed a lot probably for the first time in this run in, in mm-hmm. again issue five because his mask is like he's going crazy so and his eyes are getting like damaged from being in the dark and then having the bright flashes of light and and his mask kind of being torn away uh for whatever reason like you his one eye in that in in that issue is like very detailed and prominent and very evokes the same emotion that you're talking about uh, in that, I'm trying to find the the exact page here. It looks like it's page 13. There we go. Maybe it's 12. 12, yeah, 12. Uh, but it has that same like, oh my god, like Bruce got eyes. <laughs> like you never noticed that, that Bruce Wayne's Batman has an eye before, but uh, he's got him. He's got eyeballs. And then as the the savior of Batman is bats. Go figure. In right, a right. page that makes me kind of think of, it, it makes me think of year one, whether that was on purpose or not. It's just, it makes me think of year one. So of course I think that that's cool. Uh, I do appreciate he, that, that it, the bats didn't come. Like they came for a natural reason from what I can tell. Like he doesn't press a button or anything. Uh, I mean, I guess there is a little bit of science tech to it and that he, he made the temperature drop. Um, but I do like that it's it is for more or less a natural reason because a lot of times that gimmick is used because he presses a button in his boot or or he presses a button on his utility belt or there's something that he's doing some sort of sonar thing that he's using from his technology to attract the bats. This is completely like, there is a chance that these bats don't show up because yeah. it's just the, he's relying on the fact that the the temperature is changing for the bats to come out. Yep. It's it works for me. I didn't I didn't second guess it. It didn't bother me at all. I thought it was cool. Of course, Batman should have bats. Right, right, they, right. Like as long as he's not speaking to him, like Ant Man <laughs> speaks to ants, I'm okay. <laughs> like it doesn't bother me. So I would read I mean, a parody issue like that, but don't give me real Batman. Yeah, yeah. Let that be an Elseworlds tale where Batman speaks to bats. And so that that issue just kind of continues. With this whole, with this night of owls, and you get little glimpses of, you know, Damien's fighting a Talon, and Batgirl's fighting a Talon, and Nightwing's fighting a Talon, which I think you, there's one small panel for each three of those, 
But I think in their issues as part of the uh, Court of Owls tie-in, you see like it's just expanded. Um, right, oh, that right, right, back right. Girl, when she was saving and blah, 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 whatever. I haven't personally read them. The day will come where I, I will read the entire Court of Owls saga to read all the tie-ins and everything. But I mainly just wanted to stick to the Batman title because that's just what I liked. I, uh, but I what agree. we see at the end of this is Lincoln March, who we haven't seen since, I think, issue three. Because in that attack of the Talon that kicked Bruce's ass out the window stabbed Lincoln March. And then I, I, I do believe it's issue three where Bruce goes to see Lincoln and how he's doing. And Lincoln's like, man, look at you. I'm, they kicked you out, stabbed you and kicked you out of a window. And I'm still here in a hot, I'm in a hospital bed and you're coming to see me. But that's kind of the last Lincoln kind of forewarns him about these court of vows. That's one of the things where he's like, Oh my gosh, I'm sick and tired of hearing about the court of vows. And then we see Lincoln, in like fast forward to the night of the owls issue and uh lincoln bruce goes to to see him to find him because he thinks because he's on the list and we see that he's too late because lincoln's been stabbed and lincoln dies yeah i don't remember what i thought reading this for the first time reading it this time knowing the end it's kind of like that's why I got the hush connection. Right, right, right. Because I'm not necessarily good at guessing who it is in a comic, in a book, in a movie, in a TV show. Exactly. And I don't try to figure it out. Cause I'm just like, just let me experience. And then wow me with the reveal of who it is. So spoiler alert. Gee, what am I alluding to? Um, <laughs> No, I agree. And, and I, I, again, I, like you said, I can't remember the reading it for the first time, what I thought. Um, I, I'm 50, I'm probably 50, 50 on guessing that stuff. Um, and, and it being my, uh, not my first comic book, but my first Batman book, like I had no reference to, to any, any, like the hush connection. And, and, uh, so I, I think I, and I'm, Again, this might be just because I read it recently, but like I, I did think it was weird that they are, and, and there's obviously a reason for it, but that they are so similar, similar in, in look, um, Lincoln March and Bruce Wayne. Um, I thought that, and I, I want to say I remember the first time reading that, like, oh, the one panel in issue one where like it's just their two heads like i for a minute i was like who's who you know uh and i seem to have that memory from the first time i read it so i think even early on i had some sort of um like inner feeling that there is more to lincoln march than than meant the eye uh obviously Uh second time around no not second time around this time around reading it uh i uh, you know obviously knew what was happening and and i definitely felt it um but uh, yeah, I, that was like the the it was, he went a long time without seeing Lincoln March, which I think is a great actual, you know, for at least a first time read through of this book. It's a great way to like use that character um, and make him how like the way that they end up using him in these last two issues. Um, it makes a whole lot of sense that we didn't see him at all because you if you're reading this month to month you forget about him until that moment and you're probably not thinking about him again until you see him again exactly so and they don't waste any time because okay lincoln march is dead i didn't know exactly that we're searching for the killer or anything you know sort of deal right away i think as the story was progressing until we get to that uh 10th issue and Bruce is in pursuit and he's starting to connect dots. And I'm like, Oh wait, who's he trying to find? Who's he trying to find? And I mean, and by that page's reveal, it connects to, of course, cause all bad, all bad guys have a monologue. All of bad guys have an explanation. He adds on to, so it's Lincoln March. He adds on to the story that he told Bruce way back in two or three about how, where he grew up in like a, a boy's home and stuff. And, and his traumatic childhood and, you know, he's a good guy now because he overcame that. But we should know in Batman stories, a new character that is apparently good is not good. Just wait. Right. Um, 
and he he goes through this whole explanation, but the I feel the only controversial part of this story is that Lincoln March in his long monologue of explaining everything is trying to make Bruce admit that Lincoln March is actually Thomas Wayne Jr. Bruce's brother. Bum bum bum. Which is I, I do I do feel like that's a card that's used often. Like yeah. I, and this is someone who even in 2020, I haven't read a lot of Batman, but I feel like the Thomas Wayne Jr. card, I the first time I ever saw it, unless it was in the animated series, the first time I ever saw it, in, it was in this in this uh, run here. Because again, this was my first Batman run. But I feel like even when I was reading it that first time, in the back of my head, I was like, I feel like I've heard about Thomas Wayne Jr. a lot of times. Like, a lot a lot of times so i do feel like that's maybe a little weak um if i had to pick a weak point out of this this run that might that might be it only because i feel like it's a trope that's you know while this whole arc uh is kind of about like subverting the the batman tropes and and stepping away shying away from the known rogues gallery and establishing a new story a new villain with a new creative team it feels like this and maybe in 2011 uh 2012 it wasn't a, a, a batman trope but in my head i feel like i thought that then and i definitely feel like that now um in 2020 it just feels like a common trope maybe not common, but like definitely not rare trope to use a Thomas Wayne Jr. card. Yeah. And I think why it didn't instantly bug me is because I really hate if let's say that Lincoln March comes into this story. We'd never heard of him before. And then here at the end, he's like, yeah, remember when you uh, pushed Jack Napier into the vat of chemicals and he turned into the Joker. I was there and made sure that happened. Remember how the Riddler became the Riddler? I was there and made that happen. I was controlling Bane when he broke your back. Nightfall, blah, blah, blah. I hate when you don't know somebody and they come in, even though it's not alluded to in any way whatsoever, but they will say, I was the one responsible for this, 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 and this. I think that's cheap. I think I'm really glad that, no, Lincoln March he's involved in this story and the story only he's not taking credit for anything outside of this story. So that right there was like, okay, well that's one hurdle why it doesn't necessarily bug me. But then we go to number two of what kind of bugs me. And this is just a personal thing. I like Thomas and Martha Wayne being the saints of Gotham. I, it works so much more for me in a story of no, in a corrupt dark city, you had two people, uh, that were good people trying to help the city and how damaging that is. is they're Bruce's role models. He's looking up to them of they're the ones trying to help the city. And then in a Joe chill, like just shoots them, kills them. That's the powerful story. Most effective story for Batman for me. So in this explanation of a Thomas Wayne jr was, well, Thomas and Martha Wayne were kind of complicit in uh, hiding this kid like shoveling him off. And I'm like, eh, that doesn't work for me. Like I, I don't like that. The strength in it all though, is that Snyder leaves it open to where you can totally believe that he is Thomas Wayne jr. Or you can totally believe this guy is just kind of crazy. And is, is just, he just knows specific things that happened that could support his theory, you know? Right, right. And, 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 and I, I choose that route of definitely the Court of Owls used him, manipulated him, and that's the story. He is not related to Bruce Wayne. And I think that's um, – if I'm, I, I think I did read – there's like a Talon number one or – maybe there was even a Talon run. But like I believe, if I remember correctly, like Lincoln March comes back for a short period of time after the, this Court of Owls storyline as his own like – character uh unless it was a, unless it was somebody else he, he was in he was in uh batman eternal which is a 52 issue story uh he came in i only read it once because it was 52 issues uh he was involved in the end of that 
And then he was also brought up in a Nightwing in the Nightwing book. And I think he died in the Nightwing book, but I never read it. And I don't know how or anything like that. Maybe and then maybe talent is a different talent. But um, I see going back to the what you said about how you like uh, Bruce's parents. I think the, the Kev of uh, 2012 would have probably agreed <laughs> with you. A different um, Kev. <laughs> yeah, it's a different Kev. A Kev, uh, 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 you know, who, who only had uh, at this point, at the point of issue 10 being dropped, probably only had a, a six month old and was only mm-hmm. pulling out some of his hair. Uh, <laughs> uh, the, uh, playing the telltale games and, and having that that thomas wayne uh i i like the uh the what's the word the in in the non-perfect parents of bruce wayne mm-hmm. I, I i i don't mind and reading it this time like that didn't phase me at all I, especially since it seemed like it was more so maybe even martha than than thomas where where it was a little maybe she was a little but it is like you said it's kind of left in uh up to the reader's side like who is shady is it lincoln march who was manipulated by the court of owls or was it thomas and martha wayne who maybe had a kid and hit him and and said that he died but then really put him in that hospital um you know i i do like that it's left to for uh, open for interpretation and Mm -hmm. uh i i don't know you know reading just these 11 issues and, and, and um, not thinking of anything else. I, I, even right now, I don't know where I fall. I don't know what's more interesting. Um, Lincoln March being Lincoln March or Lincoln March being Thomas Wayne Jr. Um, I think both are kind of valid. Yeah. I think it plays better for me just out of choice, but also it's effective too of, uh, it's, uh, how do you call, what do you want to call it? It puts Bruce in his place. The overconfident Bruce that knows Gotham and knows everything about Gotham. And yet here's this thing that's been under underneath it all, all along manipulating, manipulating everything and different aspects of the city. And it just works more for me of maybe you don't know everything. So you need to remain on your toes and not become overconfident. Like that's, and I know that that was kind of the whole basis of the idea of the story for Scott Snyder is that he kind of wanted to talk about the city and the influence of a city. And um, there's a great introduction that he wrote that's in the beginning of this absolute edition where he talks about the basis of the story. And it, and it, it was just kind of about, about a city and it's in its secrets and it will, cities will outlive us like by years hundreds of years and all that and he used that as a basis and foundation for the story and i think that's what's that's really effective to me um not related to that in any way whatsoever is that lincoln march is the big old bad guy and i don't like his talent suit (laughs) like i like the original (laughs) older ones the the simpler ones but they're just like those look cooler. Those look creepier. And his just kind of look, I don't know. His looks, yeah. I mean, it, it lets him fly. I know. And it, cause it looks like it's got freaking jet engines in yeah, his chest. Iron stuff, Man light. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, it's a small thing. It doesn't ruin anything for me. It's just out of choice of like, Oh, I like the original Talon suits much better. They're cooler looking. Yeah, I I want I going back to the city. I do like the the Gotham City feels like a character in this arc, and yep. um, I do like and, and I think Capolo maybe other you know other artists probably do it as well. But what I really like, I, I think one of the first panels we see in this in this whole arc is like a shot of the Gotham City skyline, and in that sh- in that that panel or panels it it does look like the building is batman's cow and and that's not something like that's definitely something we've seen before um but that's something that i think uh, capullo evokes a lot um and, and and in a way that's not beating you over the head of hey gotham batman um but in in, an, in a subtle enough way where you notice it 
uh, but it doesn't overshadow the artwork at all. Um, and, and Capullo, I think is really great at really making like Gotham a living, breathing city. Like it's, in the same way that Tim Burton was really good at making Gotham like a very like uh, emotional invoking city in his movies. I, I feel the same way um, about Capullo's artwork with Gotham City. Yeah, that first page, I mean, it, it starts the whole Gotham is. So playing into that city aspect and the, the three panels, one is of Crime Alley, one is of Wayne Tower, one is of Arkham Asylum. Gee, three really important locations to the history of Batman. Which, what do you know? And the second one, yeah, definitely the Wayne Wayne Tower, uh, Batman's cowl. Like right. it's his ears, is what it looks like. So, uh, yeah, and, that's and, a good point. I think that's really cool. And, and you do see that, like whether it's that building or other buildings. I think throughout the, the this eleven issue uh, arc, whenever there's like a shot of Gotham, there's. Capullo did a good job at like hiding like oh Gotham references to Batman um without it being like overly beating you you know over the head about it what I will say that is kind of like seems like all of a sudden it's beating you over the head in in this run is like oh all of a sudden owls are everywhere <laughs> like that that does seem a little odd like like owl statues and owl emblems and and stuff like that um but again i mean maybe it maybe it, it, that's just me in hindsight i don't think i felt that way when i read it in 2011 2012 um i think that's just me reading it now like whew, man they're really telling you that owls are real like they, the court of owls are a real thing they're really pointing that out um but that doesn't really I mean, that's just something i'm noticing now as i as i flip through the screens here and, and look at the art but it doesn't take anything away from it either it's it's all beautiful looking it's not overshadowing or anything it's just something that i'm focusing on right now because i'm looking at it yeah so i don't know so i mean everybody's read it they understand but okay lincoln march is apparently dead but bruce can't find him we already said he shows up elsewhere uh there's a good moment where he's talking to dick at the very end and end with a gotham is and that is the story of the court of owls I just made it sound like, yeah, 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 they just end. But for me to end this, like talk about the end of the book, that's just kind of how it ends. In no way is that disappointing or or anything like that. It's just that's the end of this Court of Owls. But we know Court of Owls have popped up since. Uh, they will pop up again. It was the idea of the Court of Owls and their society and the town was such a hit that like it was kind of ingrained. It's like it's known in Batman lore now, like right. it's up there with maybe probably not um, the a team of the rogues right. of the Joker Riddler two face, but definitely I think the B team for sure. For sure. Yeah. And what's great about the court of owls, as far as like a, a storytelling. Well, like that's like, that is such a, and, and they may, I'm sure they've tapped it a few times. Like I said, I, there is in the new 52, a very short talent run. I remember, or at least a talent mm-hmm. number zero. There's something there is. I saw a, a cover. There's the a talent. talent. Yeah. yeah. And um, the, the court of owls, you know, theoretically, if they've operated in Gotham since the beginning, there's hundreds of years of, of history that you could pull from for story from, from the, the court of owls. Um, and the fact that like the, the, this run ends with like, yes, we stopped this very big group of owls, mm-hmm. you know, but there's more of them out there and maybe not even in got like there's, they're also not in Gotham. There's, there's, so there's a whole lot of potential that, that I'm sure has been tapped that, that has yet to be tapped for the court of owls. Um, and they are like, I mean, I believe they were part of, uh, and, and I mean, this makes me a terrible Batman fan, but I, I, I have never finished the Gotham series. Um, but I believe they were part of Gotham, the TV show. They, they did show up in Gotham. I didn't see it. The, the show was not meant for me. I watched the first <laughs> season and then I, I didn't watch anymore, but that, they did, I, I, they did show up. I hear that's the issue is that, um, you need to, I think, get to season three from what i understand 
Um, yeah, I think, I, that's, I think that's right. <laughs> someone told me the same thing. Like, I think I st- I watched season one. I was like, eh, I mean, like uh, the guy that plays Penguin is great, but uh, not this show's not for me. It's not. It's not the Smallville. It's not Batman's version of Smallville, which is what I was looking for. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, the Court of Owls. Um, you know, specific to this, these, these eleven issues. Uh, again, I will probably say that it's one of my favorite uh, runs of any comic book. Um, you know, specific to Batman, it's probably my favorite run. Um, you know, that being said, there's a ton more Batman that I have yet to read. Um, so, uh, you know, I'm sure if I go and read other things that it could take overtake this but i i really like this uh and it, it, a lot of it does stem from issue five and i think that mm-hmm. shows the power of visual storytelling um in in that issue that issue like i like i said at some point during this hour and a half that <clears throat> that that issue is officially what sold me on becoming a fan of the new 52 Batman, becoming a fan of Scott Snyder, becoming a fan of Greg Capullo, becoming a fan of this whole story arc with the court of owls prior, the first four issues, while I enjoyed reading them because I kept on buying, it didn't officially sell me, um, on, on anything, but issue five is, is that, 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 that visual storytelling that they do and not, I'm not just talking about the twisty turning of the pages. Um, it, it's, reading that issue you feel like you're bruce you feel like you're batman in that labyrinth um you feel like you're like the his third eye you you feel it you're seeing it from his mind's eye um and and the fact that that book can do that i don't know that i've ever had such a um uh physical and emotional uh response to a comic book before or since then um and and i think for that reason alone like court of owls these these 11 issues which again when you're talking about a single title it's rare to get 11 that's nearly a year worth of storytelling um for for one arc uh usually that kind of stuff like i said earlier in the show happens with a, a huge crossover event throughout all your books mm-hmm. um not just batman not just bat family books so it's it's really really impressive that it's an 11 issue arc that is pretty solid if not near perfect um for the entire 11 issues uh and and they do break it down into like sub arcs that make yeah. a lot of sense um in like issues one through four five through seven and and eight through eleven um a nice little trilogy of of stories in there and i think like while there's obviously newer batman stories that you guys can read if you've never read a batman book and if at an hour and 37 minutes you're like hey maybe i'll read a batman book uh i you should have paused at the beginning and read this one like this is the anyone that wants to read a new batman book and has never read batman before or has haven't read Batman in a very long time, I will always point them to this run because I think this is such a great run to make a new Batman fan or to re regain a Batman fan because it's just so good from, from issue one to issue 11. There's, there's very little, if any low points in, in the storytelling, in the art, um, in, in anything with, with this run here. Woo. There's your sales pitch. Hallelujah. Yes. Uh, two, DC, two... Scott Snyder. <laughs> I know you're having issues pushing this 10-year-old book, but yeah. I'm your guy. Exactly. If you do need further reprints, take that quote and slam it on the front. Uh, we've both kind of marked our favorites, like our favorite panels of the story. Do you have a favorite part? Um. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's it, it's... Um, the, the series of, of pages in issue five, where, where you have to turn. And like you said, you know, the, the initial turn where you just, you're turning it to the side to get that long view. I think even, even then I was like, oh, this is kind of normal. Like I get why they're doing this, but, but as soon as you have to turn it upside down to, to read it, um, it, it's, that's not only is it just like a good, cool tool to tell the story, 
what's happening on those pages, what's happening in those panels is also very cool. And, and, and seeing mm-hmm. like the breakdown of Batman, which quite honestly, again, maybe you have, maybe you've seen it before, but my experience with Batman up until that point of reading it was Batman 89, Batman animated series, Batman 66, uh, Batman, like probably I think, Batman Begins was out, and I think The Dark Knight re-rises. So I guess the the other two, like the Batman trilogy from Chris Nolan was like in the process of wrapping up while these mm-hmm. books were coming out, I believe. So mm-hmm. like you, you really never saw Batman get broken the way you see him get broken in issue five. Um, yeah. And very specifically those, those panels, not necessarily f- I mean, there's probably some physical breakage there, but the mental anguish that he's going through um, is is definitely like, while yes, I'm a fan of Batman, I am picking his lowest point as my favorite part of of this uh, 11 issue arc. It's okay. I picked my favorite panel is him getting stabbed in the back. Like, okay, <laughs> we are morbid Batman fans. Uh, and though I, I mentioned of how much I really liked the... Uh, the attack at Wayne Manor barely edging that out. I think is back in issue three, the few pages of Bruce discovering all the secret hideouts of different talents. That's I just very think cool. that's like, it's, it's yes, it's quiet, but just, it's another thing. It, it, it connects back to the whole city aspect and how Bruce is kind of getting checked here of, you don't know everything. Cause this is, look at this and this and this and this and this has all been operating like underneath you this entire time. It's been here all along and you've never seen it. And I just think that's, I don't know. That's a cool, cool part of the story to move it along a good impact. And then you turn the page and then kaboom, it blows up, which we all know, of course he didn't blow up and die. He wasn't going to, but you're turning this quiet, like these quiet moments of discovery and then boom explosion. Like, I don't know. It stands out to me too of like, that's a, that is a good part of the story. And so last question for you, have you seen Batman versus Robin, the animated movie? I have not. Uh, I want to badly. Uh, I, uh, I believe it was on DC universe and I was about to watch it. And then I waited like an extra week for whatever reason. And they pulled it off. Uh, well the court of owls is presented in that but it is not this story adapted so it's like because usually with a lot of these you know big stories so they've done batman year one before you know and for batman and son they uh adapted it into or they took parts of that from the um wait is that son of batman animated movie they took aspects of Batman and son. There we go. Word that correctly. And so it's almost like, yes, the court of owls have been in one of these DC animated movies, but I don't think justified. I think they deserve their own movie. Like this story deserves its own 75 minute animated film. Like that, that's what I want to see more. It was like, I liked it. I like that movie, Batman versus Robin and, I like how they use the quarter vowels in it, but it just feels like, oh, they they should be the focus of the movie. So, uh, yeah, that's it. I agree. I, I uh, and I'm looking at it, and it looks like Batman versus Robin is not on DC Universe right now. Um, but uh, and I do remember them making a big deal about it. And you know what? Maybe I did. Because, you know, what? I seem to remember seeing an animated version of The Court of Owls. So maybe I did see uh, see it. But I must have not have been paying full attention to the movie uh, for whatever reason. Uh, I'm a bad movie watcher. Um, <laughs> but I agree. I, I, I love, for the most part, DC animated usually does a really good job at like adapting their stuff or, or at least putting their own unique spin. Um, I would not only would I love to see this story arc uh, adapted to an actual movie. I would love to see whether it's part of this as like a, as a, its own little prequel type deal, or they do something entirely on its own. I would love to see like, just a, give me like a, a short, even if it's like a 30 minute short on like 
the early days of the Court of Owls. Yeah, I, like they've been the, they've they've brought back the resurrected the DC animated shorts. That would be a really cool extra to include yeah. include on it. Is like the formation of the Court of Owls or something like that. The first Talon. Right. I, it, there's again. There's so much in the that they could pull from from the 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 history of the court of owls uh it, it's a secret society how even if they're the bad guys like that's just such a cool concept for any kind of storytelling that you're doing um uh, it, it's it's almost a waste to not tap into that valve uh mm-hmm. and dc universe is the place to do it because it's it's i mean ha- they're having a lot of uh, success with their animated stuff right now hbo max is getting all their live action stuff unfortunately yeah, I think that's a good idea. Again, wow, the pitch man, Kevin Gallagher, the pitch man. So that's what I do in DC. <laughs> I am available for for hire. I'm sure they're listening. Uh, so hey, that kind of wraps it on the Court of Owls. And I want to congratulate you for not just picking Court of Owls, but also for being the longest episode thus far of the Batman Book Club. That, I mean, that was not a secret that we all knew that was going to happen. Anyone listening to this that was like, oh, I'm going to listen yeah. to this for Kev. Like the, the fact that it's going to be under two hours, like they're like, whew, early night tonight, guys. Yeah. That when you get two talkers together and then the subject is Batman, like strap in. Yeah. So was, I don't know why we thought we could hold this to an hour. I don't know. <laughs> what was I thinking? Who am I? 40 minutes, it took us 45 minutes to get to issue two. <laughs> you know, that's true. I did look at that at one point and I was like, oh yeah, we're on issue one. Oh, yeah. You know, whatever, whatever sign of a good time, I guess. So, so yeah, that'll, that'll do it for court of owls, which I think is awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, it, it's, it's, it's a uh, hands down. I think one of the best uh, Batman storylines out there. So go read it. If you have not read it again, an hour and 46 minutes in, uh, <laughs> we spoiled a lot, but it is still worth you going and read it on your own. Go get go read it a free trial. I, I read it in two days. Go get a free trial from DC Universe, uh, or if you're already a DC Universe member, go get it. Get that Absolute Edition. I'm going to have Ryan send me that link because I'm getting <laughs> that uh, that Absolute Edition for sure. Do it. Do it. And if you have read it before, read it again because, I mean, it is kind of a big story, but then again, you get so sucked in. It was two sittings for me, and I was, I was done with it. Like, it's just... One issue ends. I'm like, yeah, just, I'll read the next one. Yeah, I'll read the next one. Yeah, I'll read the next one. So and you know what? I'm sorry. I'm going to drag the show on a little bit longer. The <laughs> last, the last three issues also have like a tag at the end of that's very related to the Court of Owls. Um, it sets up the whole Lincoln March thing mm-hmm. uh, with um, with Scott Snyder and uh, James, James Tinian, Tynan, Tynan. Tynan. Yep. Uh, the fourth. Which that was my introduction to him was these back uh, stories that were like what ten pages long, five to ten pages long, uh, about Jarvis Pennyworth, um, and 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 like him being a target of the the Court of Owls. Ultimately, uh, they are some fantastic reads as well, um, and that's like again, like that's probably something that they could like, they could really tap into and expand upon in an animated movie or something. But don't sleep on those back pages on issues nine, 10 and 11. Like they are, not only are they good, they're also um, filling in a lot of story that maybe you had trouble reading between the lines in. Mm-hmm. Very good. And drawn by Raphael Albuquerque or Albuquerque. Oh yeah. He's real good too. He, yeah. I knew him from American vampire with Scott Snyder and he, he does some really good, some really good work i like him a lot too so i think um, he did yeah. some work on um on on the the rebirth version of uh batgirl um and oh. not necessarily my favorite batgirl work but definitely like uh i i was a big fan of chris wild goose uh on mm-hmm. on batgirl so it was really hard to top him but like I, I the name sticks out for a reason uh and it's from batgirl uh so he did a lot of great work there too yes bravo so all right, so that's going to I think we're going to start to kind of wrap this up. So Kevin Gallagher, I thank you sir for coming no, on no, no. and talking Court of Owls. I thank you for allowing me <laughs> to talk for nearly 2 hours, not only I mean exclusively about Batman uh and about the Batman run that is near and dear to my heart. With and, and included in that Batman run is 
the greatest comic book issue of 2012. Hands down. Easily. You're on record. Easily. I'm on, on record. record. <laughs> I, I'm also saying, I mean, I'm also saying of all time, I, I'm also saying that, but if, n- if you would disagree with that, you can't disagree with 2012. Definitely not. I think, I don't know that you're going to have anybody pushing you, pushing, pushing back on that at all. So I will, I will, uh, I'll have a knife fight when quarantine's over. <laughs> Great. The pandemic has ended, but Kevin is out and he's stabbing. Watch out. <laughs> he's got a knife. So why don't you tell people who have, you know what? People have been impressed by you on this episode and they're like, you know, what? I want to check out Kevin a little bit more. How can they do that? Uh, the, the easiest and best place to do that is uh, over on awesomepodcast.com, uh, where I host a uh, hour long. Uh, and I mean, you know, take that as you will, uh, as we sit here in two hours uh, on this show, uh, an hour ish long, usually two hours uh long form interview slash conversational podcast. Um, recent guests include Jason Tabris, uh, where we did go on a Batman tangent. Of course, uh, we actually just dropped our, uh, PAX unplugged, uh, 2019 recap episode. Yes. A few months late. Um, and, uh, we're going to be doing a lot more, uh, with more guests, more live shows from 2019, um, that's the best place to find me. If you want to like just chit chat, if you want to chit chat about Batman, uh, best place is on Twitter at that nerdy Kev. Yes, sir. And you're very responsive and active on the Twitter. So I try. much, much appreciated. And as I said, at the top of the show, uh, you can follow the Batman book club on Twitter at the Batman BC. That'd be the best place to know of upcoming episodes what it's going to cover when they're dropped and released and it might be spreading into covering some other doing a little bit more with the twitter feed as we'll just say that much uh you can follow me on twitter at flower underscore ryan flower spelled like lower you can also email the batman book club for questions comments reviews recommendations or anything batman at all at the Batman BC at gmail.com. Now, hoping we've gotten some emails and I'll probably send out the bat signal a little bit of if I'd like to do a Q&A episode. So if you're interested in asking some questions and, and you think that I would have an answer that you'd want to hear, send it to the Batman BC at gmail.com. And we'll do just a quick Q&A episode because I think that'd be a lot of fun. And so once again, Kevin, thank you, sir. And no, no, again, thank you. This was a delight. (laughs) Well, then you are welcome. And for all of you listening, uh, stay tuned for the next episode. I I can't tell you what it's going to be. I just can't. I can't. You'll just have to pay attention to the Twitter feed. So I'll talk to you then.